0: Welcome to the School of Performance. My name is Sean Ashkenazi, former professional athlete turned high-level performance coach and each week we will bring you inspirational guests to help you reach your highest levels of performance. Thank you for taking the time and joining us today and let the lesson begin. Welcome to the School of Performance with the one and only Blake Poets. How are you man? How are you doing?
1: doing well man doing well how you doing
0: good to see you man it's been a minute
1: yeah it has been a while too long too long <laughs> yeah.
0: well. i'm glad we caught up a little bit before this and uh it's always funny we'll go <clears throat> we'll have our, uh we'll catch up and we'll talk and and it's like okay starting to record and then it's like oh, all serious. <laughs> like yeah yeah hey, exactly, exactly. as if we've never met before like you, you
1: gotta you gotta ease into it right you gotta ease in <laughs> i
0: know you personally we've we've had uh I've had the opportunity to play with you on, on various Maccabiah teams and stuff like that. And I'm more than glad about our relationship and getting to know you through the years. But for those people that haven't been uh, personally acquainted with Blake, uh, who is Blake? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah. So I was just going to say, it's it's interesting how we know each other, but um, we'll get back to that, I'm sure, as, uh, as we get along this uh, journey here. But mm-hmm. yeah, basically, I grew up in Vancouver. Um, I would say I gravitated towards sports my whole life, like I was a younger sibling. I had an older, uh, older brother, four years older than me. Um, he grew up with um, some very athletic friends. And I was always the younger brother kind of just hanging around, you know, trying to get in the game. Um, and I quickly realized that, you know, this is this is what I enjoy. I enjoy competition, um, specifically uh, competition with team sports. Like I, I was never um, I hope my teammates would attest to this, but I was never um, a me first player Um, I never wanted to individually stand out I always uh, prided myself on being a good teammate and uh, I was just a social person so I liked being around um, and figuring out how to win games together right and Mm -hmm. uh, like us versus them scenario um, as opposed to playing you know tennis or golf right Um, but yeah so I I grew up in Vancouver and uh, went to elementary school there um, went to high school there and I would say my first love for in terms of sport um, and in terms of performance, was actually soccer, and that was mostly because that was my brother's sport. Um, and having played with him and his friends, um, I developed some skills at an early age where I could uh, I could have some success um, when I was playing against my own age.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of my best friends also loved soccer, so it was it was very natural. Um, but I'd also play everything. I play. Uh, baseball, played basketball, Um, I skateboarded in elementary school. Um, And then by the time I got to about grade seven, grade eight, um, I started trying to look forward for my, to what the rest of my life would look like, kind of what I was, what my goals were, so to speak. Um, And I said, you know what? I'm not going to play any of these other sports very seriously. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on basketball. And I guarantee you, I can't even name how many people told me I was crazy. What do you mean you're going to go focus on basketball? You're five foot two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was the shortest kid in grade eight. Like really? any of my friends would tell you. But, um, but my brother was like six foot one, six foot two in grade twelve. So, and I had these big feet. So I figured I was going to grow at some point. And if if my height could kind of catch up to my my skills, mm-hmm. I thought I had a pretty decent chance. So I, I essentially, um made a decision and set a goal for myself that I wanted to play uh, college or university basketball. Right. Um, and then I'd say like any other kid, probably growing up loving basketball, you know, I want to make it to the big leagues. I want to play in the NBA, um, you know, practicing, signing my autographs at home, just like, I'm never going to let it leave a kid hanging, you know, I'm always going to sign every autograph that anyone asks for. Um, but um, in more realistic terms, I think it was more I want to get my schooling paid for and I want to uh, um, get a post-secondary education um, mm-hmm. through the game of basketball. Like
0: you were aware that at that age, like that was, that was the goal? Because that's really keen, like looking ahead. I don't think a lot of people have that ability at that age to really yeah. dissect it like that.
1: It's, um, you know, it's it's kind of a blessing that um, I had in my life because Um, as, as you're well aware, um, my dad, um, having RBL basketball and having that foundation, um, I grew up with so many different coaches and so many different people in my life, um, that had been there and done that. And then I had some positive mentors to kind of guide me along the way and, and they harness my passion kind of thing. And, and, uh, you know, really helped guide me because I set these goals, but I had no idea how to get there. Right. And and I had some some great like vets so to speak, but in high school, um, that kind of showed me what it would take, day in day out, you know, because if you're not blessed with certain athletic gifts that um, others may have, like just being super tall or or super long um, or super athletic, um, then you just gotta you gotta fight your way to get there a different way, right? Mm-hmm. And that was. A lot of work ethic, and a lot of early mornings, and a lot of shooting, and a lot of skill work.
0: Hmm, that's cool. Cause it sounds like I remember I've talked about this. I think with every guest that's uh, that's been a player or is a player about this moment when you kind of realize that like you can't, you're not gonna survive in this game just based on pure talent and pure athleticism. And it's like this moment we all have where it's like, yeah, hey, I gotta put the work in if I wanna if I wanna make it. At the highest levels, um, and it sounds like you kind of had it really early on, like you you figured that out really early on.
1: <clears throat> I mean, like I would say, um, you know, it's just who you're around, and yeah. when you see what hard work looks like, and you kind of experience it, you either kind of go all in with it, or you shy away from it. I find, mm-hmm. and I see that with the kids I coach nowadays, right? you see a special, like, a, like you say, hey, we're doing a set of lines and you explain it to the kids. And some kids are like, okay, I get it. I'm going to win this set of lines. And mm-hmm. another kid's like, well, I'm just going to go through the motions and go just make, barely make the 35 seconds or whatever time you you put on it, right? Um, I never really had a problem with the hard work. I just, yeah. I just needed the guidance because I was too young. And mm-hmm. they don't glorify, they don't show you, um, or at least back in the day, they didn't show you all the little things that these great players or shooters what they do day in day out right. um, nowadays with YouTube you get a little more of it um, you know but it's it's still not that like it's still not that obvious to that many people and right. a lot of people need someone to teach them that right so like someone you know Glenn Shue, he was he was huge in that like he he was the first guy to really push us I would right. say at least that I remember. And I was like, Oh, there's another level to this Mm -hmm. Another level to this. And I'm looking around the gym and these guys are all good basketball players and they're all willing to work hard. And I go, all these guys want to make it to college. All of them want to play probably pro. Right. So, you know, you got to be ready to work just as hard, if not harder Mm -hmm. than others.
0: That's really cool. I know I've never thought about it. Like, obviously, I've thought about Glenn and I've thought about great coaches that I've had the privilege of, of meeting throughout my career and, and you see these great players, but yeah, I've always looked at the social side. I've never thought of that, that it's so true that when you're surrounded by quote unquote greatness for that age level or whatever level you're at at that point, it's like, it's like you got to just either swim or, or get out the gym. Like you can't, you can't come in with that same work ethic that you've had before and expect to be successful in that environment. So like subconsciously, without even noticing, you got to bring your game up to match those other guys, or you're just gonna get lost in the crowd, right?
1: So that's really interesting, yeah. Hundred percent, man. And like to this day, when I look back on like a small group of people who are training for goals, like mm-hmm. the initial group of what they were called jump men at the time, and then they turned into 3D, like that group. You know they all went on to great high school careers many played college university for five right. years had success some professionals um but yeah the biggest thing is is it's all about pride at the end of the day right and right. if you're going to gym and you're getting your butt kicked daily you know you're either going to stop going to that gym or you're going to decide i'm going to turn it up a notch right i'm going to hold my own because i got to prove that i belong otherwise you know you get picked on a team it's like it's like being in elementary school and you being the last pick right no one right. wants you on your team cuz they know you you can't keep up right so um, yeah it's 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 interesting but um, you know that's that's sports, sports. right like right. it's uh, yeah. that's the truth of the matter
0: <clears throat> that's what comes to mind is like how great of an analogy is that to life right that it's, like <clears throat> two ball or whatever sport each each person may choose you get these moments of like sink or swim. Like you, you gotta, you gotta step your game up now. Or you're just going to fall behind. And if you're going to fold this, if you're going to be like, whatever, these guys are better than me. I'm never going to be as good as them. I'm not going to put in the work. Like think about how many, you know, for, for individuals that play sports, how many times is that, has that um kind of popped up in your life in other areas? So whether it be at work or would it be at studies or would it be whatever goals you may have? Like, I think, People underestimate the, the power of sports because um, you see like all these parents and all these people kind of deal with, in my opinion, like the wrong outlook, where it's like they didn't win or you didn't get minutes. or And we forget about all these great lessons and all these great instances where it's like, man, if you if you put the work ethic now and you go through this now at such a young age, like just imagine how could that affect your life positively you know, moving forward, all these all these similar situations you're going to meet, like whether it be a work, like out here in the army, um, whether it be with friends, whether it be in relationships, whether it be like we said before, with any goal you may have, it's like sink or swim, you're going to put in the work or is it gonna you're just going to sit in the background and expect things to happen. Um, like sports is just such an amazing thing. It keeps popping up
1: in every episode. It's really cool. It's it's like so well said. So it's it's so true, right? It um, you know, if it means something to you, you'll work for it. Right. If it doesn't mean anything to you, then you know you're not going after the right career or you're mm-hmm. not going after the right thing that you really care about because um, you'll do certain things that that you don't want to do or that might suck in the moment um, to help you get to your goals, your real goals that you want.
0: Right. That's a great point, the way you put that uh, together in words. It's like it's a litmus test. Like if you don't care enough to put the work in, it's probably not the thing for you because we all have the thing that we're going to care about to put the work in it's just whether we're, I guess, willing in a way to listen to it because it's there. Um, we've had a great episode about how the fact that <clears throat> we all have this inner voice that knows like what feels right for us and what sort of, like, our purpose, you could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with life, with all these, like, external meanings and how we're always trying to, like, maybe impress our environment or, like, look a certain way, we kind of quiet that voice down and we start, you know, maybe through the years looking at it a little bit differently, where it's, like, and avoiding that work, in a sense, you know what I mean, rather than really putting our best foot forward. Um, not best in regard of good or bad, but best in a way of what's like authentic to me. What's really like my purpose in this world that once, like you said, I can really enjoy.
1: Mm-hmm. And in
0: that sense, the work becomes easier because it's not work to me. It's just part of the process. And in another sense, a method for me to kind of reach out and touch other individuals with my gifts or my passion and like how many people throughout their lives, again, not good or bad. I never look at it as like right or wrong, good or bad. But how many people throughout their lives have kind of quieted that voice down because maybe they weren't willing to put the work because maybe it was like too stressful to, to put myself out there or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That thing's always there. like and, and it's so great to see the stories like yourself where it's like early on connected to that place. And part of our conversation today is all about how sports and basketball specifically can take you in so many different directions that aren't necessarily getting paid to play professionally, but there's so many options that you can kind of gain throughout this game from this game throughout your life. And uh, yeah, it's really cool, yeah. Yeah, man, it's uh
1: no you, you nailed it. You nailed it there. <laughs>
0: I'm wondering, Blake, on like a side note, like who was your idol growing up? Because you played like all these different sports and then you kind of narrowed it down to basketball. Okay. Who was the person so, you looked
1: up to? Um, I think initial initially would probably like from a really young age would probably just be my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think that's kind of normal for any uh, younger sibling. Like obviously you're the oldest right. sibling in your family, but I'd say both your younger siblings look up to you in some capacity, right? um and then then it kind of shifted this is just like local idols so to speak but then it kind of shifted to my brother's friends like the ones that were the most athletic mm-hmm. again because that was my passion right so Where's i'm like oh he's amazing so i go to these games and i'm watching him you know and not to knock my brother but he was a step ahead or two steps ahead mm-hmm. or whatever it may be um from a basketball standpoint um i could probably give you like the quick breakdown because i want to shout out all these all my favorite players (laughs) um when i first started watching basketball my favorite player was penny hardaway nice um so i'm a little bit older than you but i'm talking probably from like six to eight years old and Mm -hmm. i think a big part of that was he was electrifying the way he played it was really exciting it was uh orlando penny like yeah he could pass he could he could score he he could dunk on you he could do all these things and then he had a, a little doll called Little Penny. If you remember, remember Little Penny, but...
0: I remember the commercials, yeah. Yeah, cool. there's commercials and
1: Chris Rock was his voice. Right, right. So, so anyways, <laughs> that was like, I'm a young kid, so that was appealing to me. That's um, Then when, after him, it was Jason Kidd. And the mm-hmm. reason being was um, I always enjoyed the players who could impact the game on so many different levels. And right. didn't really have to score, um, you know, triple doubles, um, all that. And then from Jason Kidd, it kind of melded into Jason Kidd and Steve Nash, because that's when Nash kind of hopped on the scene and really took off. And ever since then, it's really been Nash. But um, it was just uh, he was the perfect person for someone like myself, who's a little bit undersized, um, a little bit um, too frail, you would think, to play basketball. but he was playing against a game against giants and he was driving. Right. And he was also just the consummate teammate. Like, um, and the fact that he was local was just, you know, of course the cherry on top. Right. Right.
0: That's cool, man. No, I was sure Steve was going to be in there. Yeah. Did you ever get a chance to meet him personally?
1: I've met him probably two, three times. I took Mm -hmm. a photo with him at uh, dolphin park. If you remember that tournament. Yeah. So he'd come out and watch. He never played, but he'd watch. Um, And then I met him after a preseason game. Someone gifted my dad and I tickets to Phoenix Suns versus, I believe it was the Raptors Mm -hmm. in a preseason game at GM Place. Right. um, Or Rogers Arena, whatever you want to call it. I call call it GM.
0: Yeah. When you like, someone gave their shoes to the crowd or maybe I'm thinking of a
1: different game with, with Portland. No, yeah, the, yeah, go ahead. The one, no, it's all good. The one I watched, um, it was the gift, the gift that we were given was tickets to the game. And then we were mm-hmm. gift, gifted uh dinner after like this thing. Really? Yeah, and Steve Nash was at the dinner and he was speaking. And so they had lost the game by 50 points. This is a preseason <laughs> game. but So he gets on the mic and he cracks a joke, like, sorry about that game, guys. Um, and then he proceeds to go... To every single table and shake every single person's hands. Like these people mm-hmm. are donating right. a lot of money to his, money foundation. To his foundation. Right. Um, um obviously, obviously we were gifted we were the tickets, so we seat didn't seat. really donate anything. But mm-hmm. you know, he looked you in the eye, he'd shake your hand. And I also also thought, like, you know, um that that takes real character because he could right. just as easily say thank you, everyone, and not do any of that. Mm-hmm. You know. So I thought it was um, you know, they say never meet your idols, right? Um, because they're always gonna let you down. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually pretty like uh, i was kind of shocked by how well he handled himself um, right. especially given the fact that they just took a L by 50
0: right <laughs> like being able to differentiate between real life and, and sports and yeah, and, yeah. and like you just crack jokes about it exactly he knew it wasn't
1: anything that had real real meaning like right. he was on the hunt for a championship and that was it and preseason uh, mm-hmm. preseason game doesn't matter too much
0: right no, and it definitely speaks to his character. Yeah, that's cool. Like the little things that show you big things about a person's personality, and also being like the ultimate teammate. I don't know if you ever heard, like, this research and stuff, but they would count um, how many times he would he would make like gestures of of being a good teammate, like slaps on the butt, like high fives, um, praising, you know, good words, and there was something like in the thousands, like like per, per practice, per game. I don't remember what it was per week. And like the the second next thing from other teams was like around a hundred, like it was 10 times more than any other person on on other teams. Um, and yeah, like you said, I I haven't had a chance to meet him personally, maybe one day, but, uh, it just shows the type of person he is. Right. And I think it's something that's really, I'm I'm not going to say undervalued, but just people aren't aware of the impact that it has. Um, I always like to contrast it to like a little kid in school, if you're a teacher or, or a coach or something like that, and, and just look at that kid's eyes when when you believe in them, like when they see that someone outside themselves believes in them and praises them. Um, and there's also this great quote about, it's about everything in life, but, but I always use this parallel to, to young kids where it's like, whatever we give attention to, whatever we give energy to in our lives, that's what will grow. Like whatever we give our, our focus on whatever we put our focus on is what will grow if we look at the negative or the positives, for example. And same thing with kids, right? When they get this attention, when they get this praise, they'll they'll come into life with like a higher sense of purpose, higher sense of confidence. So like the ultimate team, right? All always bring guys up, always kind of just like in that dinner, kind of letting go of himself and his ego and bringing other people up, you know, carrying him, carrying them uh, to kind of be the best version of themselves on the court. Um, and that's really cool. Like something so small, quote unquote, like a dinner can show you so many things about a person.
1: For sure. I mean, that handshake meant nothing to him, right? But it meant mm. everything to me kind of thing, Right. if that makes sense. So um, maybe it meant something to him, uh, but doubtful. Um, <laughs> but if I don't know if you've seen that commercial where it showed all of Nash's teammates and um, how they were all averaging career highs when they played with him on the Suns. Right. So, and again, this guy from a perspective of actually just production on the court is helping you produce at your highest level, right? So who wouldn't want to play with that? And then he's yeah. also getting on top of that, you're getting paid financially well mm-hmm. because of you're putting about you're putting up better numbers, right? Right. So yeah, it's 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 uh it's cool to see. And I think it's all, it's all related, right? The high fives may think of it as a very small thing, but um, like during the pandemic, during COVID, when these kids were training with us, um, initially we had to keep them six feet apart from one another. They're doing Mm -hmm. dribbling, they're passing against a wall, like passing with themselves against a wall. And as coaches, we're clapping for them, we're encouraging them, but we can't get in their space and we can't give them a high five. We can't give them a pat on the back, you know? So, um, you realize, Hey, like these kids don't seem quite as joyful or as mm-hmm. happy when they, when they're succeeding right now. And I think because it does mean a lot when your coach says, Hey, great job and gives you a high five, you know, right. you can't really quantify it or explain it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a special moment. Um, and if I can tell you one quick story, this is, I found this hilarious, but, um, if you remember the Maccabi, uh, um, 2013 team the one that Amari was the assistant coach for right. so when he was there and we're in Israel and we're sitting down we're having a meal um, I said you know I've, I've kind of held my tongue for a bit but I need to ask him how is it like to play with Steve Nash right because that's right. my hero so I ask him and he goes the first thing that I noticed was there was this play where he like, passed me the ball I get fouled he gives me a high five and then he gives me a tap on the butt, right? And I go to the free throw line. He's like, then I shoot my free throw. He's like, I can't remember if I made or missed it. Then he comes back and he gives me another tap on the butt. And I'm like, okay, Steve, like that's that's enough, man. That's that's enough, you know? But it was just, he wasn't used to that, like that much encouragement and like, and it was just kind of awkward for him, I I guess um but i just thought it was hilarious when he said that and i was like so that's the first thing you're going to tell me about you guys played together (laughs) like like, all the dunks you got and
0: (laughs) it shows you like the same way that you remember that that handshake like the way memory works i remember learning about it in in my undergrad and it's such an interesting concept like the way memory works it's attached to emotion like whatever pops up to us there's probably just really strong emotion in that moment that Has us remember it to this day, so the same way you remember that dinner and that handshake. I guess even a guy like Amari or you, chef style, now like uh, I, <laughs> I some stories it, out yeah. here. It's really cool hearing stories about him out here from players and just from everyday people, like even my brother, uh, being at the yeshiva a couple of years ago and having Amari just being there with him and studying. It's really cool stories, it's but awesome, um, it's awesome. um, the same way I guess for him in that moment it hits something like, like an emotional nerve in a way where it's like, I've never seen this before. And yeah, like you said, like those stats, like beyond just putting the ball in the basket and, and performing at a high level, I'm sure Steve doing those little gestures had a huge impact on everything. One of those guys from a confidence level, from an, a, an enjoyment level from a, from a emotional, you know, um, kind of coming in positive on the court and being able to bring your skills forth. So that's really interesting that that's what the first thing that came to mind when someone asked him about him.
1: Oh, it was hilarious. And, and but it was so authentic, right? It was right. So, so real, right? Because it was something that you wouldn't, he was explaining exactly how he felt, right? Mm-hmm. right? Which is, you're never going to get that from like watching an interview with him online. Exactly, or whatever. Exactly. You know, it had, you had to be in that moment. And, but I just... I really that caught me off guard because i thought i was like man they shared so many great years together like right. it's gonna be something different but <laughs> then he's then after he's like he's he's a great dude man he's like one of the best teammates you could have right
0: like. that's huge. that came to mind um that's like the first thing he mentioned <laughs> it's that's awesome. cool. on that note like it could be from that team that's a super and and just in general uh, i always like to kind of reminisce and look back at like favorite basketball moments um i guess as a player first and then and then we'll get into the whole coaching side but uh kind of what comes to mind as favorite basketball moments as a player throughout your like, career. I, can,
1: I can go anywhere here like
0: yeah just same thing with like emotionality and memories right whatever pops to mind
1: like okay um yeah like it's it's so interesting and a it's it's gonna sound like so, Sort of negative, but um, because I I always describe myself as someone who um I hate to lose Mm -hmm. and and I and I wouldn't I I love to win, but I I would say I'm more like I like to win if that makes sense. I hate Mm -hmm. I hate to lose more than I like to
0: win, Mm -hmm. like losing drives you more than winning,
1: yeah. So, like, my biggest memories probably are from losses, right? And those are the ones that kind of stick with me, um. But I would say, like in terms of most positive, because let's try and keep it positive on the pod. Um, my most positive uh, experiences would probably be like qualifying for the provincials in high school, mm-hmm. grade 12. Um, so, for instance, um, they've switched the structure of this. Um, how you get into the provincials now? I'm not even mm-hmm. sure if you're aware of this, um, but. It used to be Lower Mainland, which was Vancouver, Burnaby, and Richmond. And then you guys on the North Shore would do your own thing, right? right? But now they've switched it, and now it's North Shore and Vancouver together. Oh,
0: really? For one yeah, birth? Yeah.
1: For two births. But mm-hmm. the problem is, is there's good teams every year, right? Like Hansworth right. was good this year. Um Churchill was good this year these guys are I'm talking where these teams are both top seven in the province and then Saints and VC are both good and Mm -hmm. Saints and VC got to go and the other two didn't um but yeah so that was was bad. door like there was back in the day I remember no it's just straight up two and it's going to be like this for the foreseeable future I mean I I believe in tradition and kind of um keeping things the way they are unless it's not working for some reason and so I don't really like the change but
0: yeah that's weird
1: any I remember guys, in North
0: Vander was at that issue where like one team would make it because it's a relatively small area. But yes, there would yes. always be like two, three teams, at least in our days, where mm-hmm. that sounds old, man. I got to stop saying that. It's but we're not right. <laughs> playing games. We, <laughs> we are old, old man, yeah. depending how
1: you look at it. Whatever. There's the There's number, sides of
0: the <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about it yesterday. I was just a number. And it just funny how it's just it just the way you look at things. Like it's so funny to me. Um, I was like to joke around about it. Um, you know, you know, like people that play with me know, like when I go to restaurants, so I was like, oh, like oh, doing stretches and like, oh, like I've been doing that since I was like 15. So that's, the thing. that's the thing. So if it was anything different, then you know. But. but yeah, I remember there'd always be like two or three teams that could really make shows, but only one would make it out at North Shore tournament, and then they'd kind of have this back door. I remember it was like second team North Shore, second team Vancouver, second team whatever. That you could still kind of squeeze it in but yeah it's really interesting how sometimes some of the best teams aren't even in the show like they're not even in the conversation come end of the year
1: 100 i mean i personally have a strong belief um that however you have to do it we should have the best teams in the province right. representing in the in the bc championships Right, even if that means no northern representation, no mm-hmm. representation of a certain area, um, you know, now, like now other people... skill and, and accomplish or inside of you off rather than like location, yeah. Like, I mean, if the whole provincials is from Vancouver and Burnaby and North Van, then so right. be it. If those are all, the bad but um, I mean. This is something you could have touched on with Eberhart. He's the man in BC Basketball. Right. So shout out shout out to Ebes. I, I love listening to his pod. He's always uh, he's always a great guy to listen to. But mm-hmm. anyways, so since I got uh all tangled up in my own stories and whatever, <laughs> um basically yeah, making provincials in grade twelve was huge. I think it was just like I was the tallest guy on the team and so I'm six two. Um and so we we played just like an interesting brand of basketball. We pressed the whole game. Mm-hmm. We we had to speed teams up. We had to be more well conditioned than other teams. And our goal all year was to make the BCs because in grade 11, we were one game away. We lost the game that would have put us in the BCs. Um, and then so making that and kind of accomplishing that goal is just like a huge thing, right? Cause a lot of guys were crying after that grade, grade 11 defeat right. and we were just like, no, it's not happening next year. We're getting there. Yeah. Whatever it takes. You know what I mean? We we kind of hung with that all year. And then um yeah, I mean, another I wouldn't say it's a game, but like an accomplishment was, you know, starting to get uh noticed for uh universities and colleges. And um, I mean, Eves talked about it very well. Um, how choosing that choosing the proper college to go to or university can be so challenging, right? And so difficult. And I think there is a shortage of um, people guiding the kids in the right direction or um, they don't know who to turn to or who to trust or mm-hmm. what's or who's speaking real to them, you know? Right. Um, but anyways, going through that whole process, that was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, playing like, Playing at Cap, yeah. I guess um, the first game was, it was all kind of a blur. Like, uh, you know, I have no idea. Am I in the rotation? Am I not in the rotation? Yeah. You know, um, what, what the deal is here? And then um, working through that season, um, it, that 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 whole season was really really a lot of fun because uh, the one thing I kind of touched on earlier, but um, how you need a mentor or someone to guide you. Um, with your workouts and and how to achieve your goals well the guy in grade 11 when i was in grade eight at churchill his name's adam rosenthal Mm -hmm. his name's rosie you probably ran a play called rosie when you were at Cap. yeah
0: no i've had a chance to meet him he's a good guy i never knew he went to churchill yeah
1: yeah so he was kind of like my mentor or almost like a vet to me in in uh high school and he took me under his wing and then he was at cap and And he was actually the reason that Eves started looking at me. Like, I I had some university offers. Um, I had college coaches that kind of knew about me. But uh, until the Lower Mainland Tournament, where we actually played against Palmer and Eves' team, Mm -hmm. um, Eves and I had not talked about college or university or anything. And uh, and then Rosie was just on me, kept telling me, hey, you got to come to CAP, man. You should come to CAP. Play together. It'll be so much fun and i didn't think much of it because you know i was just focused on the season but you know one thing led to another and i uh i didn't feel ready to leave home so i i stayed home and and decided to go to cap well stayed home by going to north van yeah that rosie was kind of my mentor in high school and then that he that he ended up guiding kind of guiding me to go towards cap so that Mm -hmm. whole year like playing with him was quite special um and i mean it wasn't just him it was like the group like again we were a very undersized team i think we had six six and six seven uh one quit in the preseason and one could no longer play um because he had like a custody battle with his ex so like we lost our two bigs um which pushed jp i don't know if you remember jp yeah jp got pushed into like technically our, our center spot. But it was nice. I guess it was the four. And then I was playing the center spot. Nice. So we're starting six three and six two as our, our big small ball
0: before small ball was ever invented. Yeah and and like, playing for, three like
1: exactly exactly. Playing for Eves was like such a interesting experience because I'd seen him on the sideline, you know, going crazy. Um and like you said though, in a good way, right? Like he's like he's right. on his players. He's on he's on people to perform but he's because he knows your capabilities and he's just you know that he's just animated right that's just his style so so, um yeah it was interesting playing for him because even when I committed my dad was like you've seen him coach like are you sure you want to play for him and I was like I don't I don't care if you're hard on me as long as you know what you're talking about like if you're a good coach and you want to yell at me fine but if you're not a good coach and you want to yell, that's stupid, right? right? Like, There's then no one's no gaining value. Um, but yeah, so, anyways, Eves is, I remember his goals early in the season. Like, one of them was like, attempt uh, more than 25 threes a game. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm, interesting. I've never heard of a coach that's telling you how many threes to shoot, right? Like, you individually
0: or as a team? No, 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 as a
1: team, as a team. Yeah, but, which wow. <laughs> right, is probably seen one. <laughs> At that time that, right. that was a lot of threes. Oh, Nowadays yeah. it's like teams, all teams attempt that That's probably. I, way, yeah. I, I, yeah. But uh and then there was a bunch of other things. Like I remember him telling me I wasn't allowed to I wasn't allowed to foul. Okay, because we were running like pretty much a six man rotation. Mm-hmm. and he's like you're not allowed to foul and i'm like what do you mean i'm not allowed to foul i'm like i'm not going to try to foul but like i have to battle for position right. i'm guarding a guy who's 4 inches taller than me yeah, 30 Saturday pounds heavier <laughs> yeah so i'm like battling right he's like okay battle 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 but when he gets you sealed and he has the ball just let him have the two and inbound it as quick as possible
0: mm, and then i'm and then he's like
1: they get two we get three and i was like okay like the math the math adds up right but right. <laughs> So yeah, it was, just, was
0: about that that like early offense UNLV running gun, like shoot more three-pointers, analytics before everyone else,
1: eh? I, I, yeah, I wouldn't go all the way to say analytics, I know, I know, but... Uh, but I know what you're getting, I know what you're getting it. Yeah. So, anyways, half here's, joking, here's, but that's no the thing is, is he we it was, a, it was the way we had to play. Rosie was like five, yeah. nine, five, ten. Alfred was like five ten. Um and then it was the the other player who played at the three. I can't remember exactly who it was, but who came off the bench and played the bulk of the minutes was Nick Taze. He's like 5'10". Right. And then it's me and JP. So all of us shoot threes. And then JP's more of a mid-range floater guy. Um, right. But anyways, it was just, it was really interesting to, because he was so about, you know, get it up quick and shoot within like the first like eight, 12 seconds. Cause we used to do 12 second shot clock. I don't know if you did that drill i remember that yeah but it was great conditioning and then you play fast you play fast but yeah so he i don't know just different way of looking at basketball but also at the college level versus high school you got more talented players around you right so you can try some more um some different stuff tactically right Mm -hmm. so i don't know it was it was it was a cool experience for sure and then yeah. And, and it was special when I'd committed to play you sport. I'm sure you felt the same. Like right. when you're making another jump, um, you know, it's, I wouldn't say scary, but it's like exciting. It's a little nerve wracking. You're like, okay, I got to do this all over again. I got to get in where I fit in. I prove my worth. Yeah. So, I mean, all those experiences were cool. Um, I I honestly loved all every time I could suit up for the Maccabi or Maccabi team. Right. Um, more so the Maccabi teams because the Maccabi was a little bit like just like scratching the right. surface. Yeah. Um, no, it was
0: like, but it was more of a more of a off off the court experience almost. Yeah. me sure. No, like again, no disregard to the on the court activities, but it was kind of like more of an event and getting to know people and you kind of it's more like a city thing and.
1: Do you feel that for both Maccabi and Maccabi? or no, just so for Maccabi
0: and Maccabiah, okay. I always regarded it. And when I tell kids today that may not know what it is, obviously in Israel they know, but across the world they may not. Um, I call it the Jewish Olympics. Like it's Olympics to everything as far as me, from opening ceremonies and trading pins. And you remember those times like trading clothes and closing ceremonies, trying to get that sombrero or whatever, that messy jersey. Like... And just all these like meeting people from all over the world and, and the only difference is everyone's Jewish. So yeah, I really yeah. regard it as that like a
1: huge thing. Well, I think it's the third the third biggest uh, yeah. like sporting event in the world. Right. Or something, which is crazy. That's cool.
0: It's yeah. coming up right got, now. Yeah. What I know, you, know, got, yeah. Uh,
1: you got the Olympics, and then I'm trying to think what else.
0: Maybe Paralympics or Pan American games.
1: Yeah, something like that because it's not going to be anything that's one sport, right? Yeah. But yeah, anyways, you've you've been there, I've been there. I mean, the you're in you, it feels like the Olympics. It really does, right? right? It's a cool um, feel. Yeah, and it's I yeah, I wish I wish more people knew about it because right. I think there's some kids and some uh like locally especially because the the centers in Toronto or Montreal for for Canada, right? right. I think there's some kids that kind of uh fall through the cracks and don't even under, right. don't even know like they have no understanding that or there's there's a chance for them to make these teams or um so but yeah it's i'm, I'm very grateful that i had those experiences right. um and yeah you meet some great people along the way and you play some ball and you know nothing wrong with that for
0: sure yeah that's great I, I hope if, if any way this podcast could get you know on some level to get more eye opening for uh, for people on the West Coast, because, yeah, I remember it would always be like you and I from the West Coast and then 10 guys from like eight guys from Toronto, two guys from Montreal and then whatever. Um, so if more people knew about it, it would, it would make because it's not as if there aren't players, um, Jewish or not. So it's really interesting. I'm interested, Blake, in what you said before, if you're willing to delve into it, because that's what first came to mind for you is, is the losing part and learning from that. It's my, from my knowing of you, I think that's why those memories were so quote unquote sweet, not because of the negative effect or the loss, but I would guess that it's from the growth that would come from the other side. So if you, if you want to like delve into that a little bit as a highlight, that's super interesting to me having like these crazy losses as sort of like career highlights.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just like there's, there's, I mean, I think in anyone's career, if you, play enough games you're gonna have some like heartbreaking really like just tough tough defeats right, right. um so like in grade eight for example it was we lost to pit meadows in the provincials at pit meadows i think it was the quarterfinals um and you know as a young kid you're you're looking for excuses whatever right, right. you're like um well we felt like oh you know the refs were against us that game or Mm -hmm. and and the the sad part about it and i and i don't blame him because he's entitled to feel however he wants to feel but our coach was kind of saying that to us as well like you guys played great like we just didn't get the whistle tonight you know what i mean interesting where it's like responsibility on even even if i felt that way i would hope to not say that um the kids because i just think it gives them a it gives them a cop out right so basketball is such an imperfect game right you can always play better so you know you miss some shots you could have hit right that's something you could say hey next time if they're the right shot keep taking them but you know what i mean we missed them today um or hey we we didn't box out we didn't play better defense whatever um there's so many things to learn so right losing that year you know it's it really sucked but um, I was just scratching the surface, didn't know what high school basketball was really about. It mm-hmm. was also, um, you weren't in high school yet, but it was it was the work to rule. So the, the teachers were all on strike. So the only teams that operated that year were teams that had either outside coaches or who uh, basically what happened was all the teams that don't really care and all the schools that don't really care about sports too much, mm-hmm. they didn't have teams. Interesting. Okay, so for instance, our Churchill team had a team because my dad cares enough nice to team. organize it for us. Right. But our senior team didn't have a team. Interesting. And our juniors didn't have a team, and our nines didn't have a team. So, it was it was we we're just grateful to kind of have that opportunity, and then right. we played a bunch of good teams, and along the way, uh, Handsworth included, man, Handsworth included. Uh, Scott Lee and Quinn and those guys we played them a few times um, but yeah so then in grade 10 I had another very heartbreaking defeat against uh, Kitsolano in the city finals mm-hmm. and the way it was organized was that the winner of the city goes to provincials the loser of the city goes home That's okay crazy, and Kits was top five in the province and we were top three all year we really? only lost two games all year. We lost really? once to Kits in a tournament, and we lost once to Centennial, who was number one in the province, um, and we lost them on a buzzer beater. Okay, so mm-hmm. we were like really right. good because small ball works at the lower levels even better right. than senior, right? Um, so we end up losing to Kits in da, triple OT. Um, wow. The reason I don't I hesitate there is because I know we lost them in in double no we lost them in double OT. In my senior year, and triple OT really? or no, vice I... versa, whatever. It was both horrible defeats. Um, but yeah, so what happened was, uh, yeah, we we came up short. Like I had one of my bigger games. Like I think I scored like 35, but I don't know if you remember a guy named Paul Woodham. Yeah, he had like 42, and we had no answer right. for him. He was like six six, um, played at bishops after high school. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, the thing that ex- that really sucked that year is we were supposed to go, all the French immersion students were supposed to go to France mm. um, with our school and we we postponed our trip because we thought we are going to make provincials mm. and we know we had that chance yeah. and we ended up having to go with the grade 11s instead of our own class. The no grade so there's like five of us from the basketball team or whatever, <laughs> rolling with like the class ahead it's of funny. us. Look at and,
0: it now, people will hear this and they like, so, like, whatever, yeah. but we're in grade 11, you're in grade 12, that's, like, heartbreaking. yeah i want to i want to show my friends if i'm
1: not going to provincials (laughs) right and you gotta Um, gotta
0: lose like like double losses yeah
1: yeah so anyways and like the defeat sucks um so since our our class wasn't actually going to our trip to france uh until after provincials i went to watch provincials and the way it worked out centennial won. okay so they were number one kids came second enver creek came third we had beaten Ember Creek that year. Yeah, so the, the teams that we were in the mix with, they're right there at the top. Right. Yeah. So this is part of the reason I say, like, I think I yeah. truly believe the best teams need to be represented. Um, but since then they've switched it. I think they've given a half birth, which is like a backdoor thing. Like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then, then you, then you move on from there. And the biggest thing is like, you lose these games and then you just have to, you have to look inside. Right. And you'd be like, right. like, cry if you need to cry um Mm. you know punch some mats if you need to punch some mats you know um just think about it man like sit Mm. in like the sadness of the moment if if that's what it takes Mm. or whatever but usually what i looked at it as was like i don't want to let i don't want to have this feeling again so so how do i not have this feeling so the answer Mm. is usually work harder right um The interesting thing I think is you're in a team sport, so you need to also find a way to motivate those around you to work harder. Because if I work my tail off and I become so much better and my teammates all stay the same, we didn't get much better as a team. Right. Because you know what, there's tactics, there's things that you can do to eliminate one person, but you need everyone to be lifted up, right? And that's where I think like the true leadership comes in. And, uh, and yeah, and I think sometimes you look around and you know, you don't have to say anything to anyone, right? Right. Like if I'm in a game with you and we lose a game, like a heartbreaking game, and I look at you across the room, I know you're hurting, I'm hurting, nothing needs to be said, we're cool, we're going to keep it moving. But you know, the thing is in high school sports, some of these people, they're just playing like recreationally or they don't care at the same level, right? So that's also a hard thing to navigate is like how hard do you push someone who just doesn't care that much
0: yeah right i
1: don't
0: know and i the biggest thing i think i take from that is um what you said about how do i avoid feeling feeling this way again i know i can i can be personally i think my biggest one was um man it pisses me off now but like in grade 11 when we're like meant to like win nationals or whatever. We had Rob in grade twelve and and Don Lee and a bunch of great guys that were on that provincial winning team a year before with Scott and Quinn and, and all those guys. Um, and fuck, we didn't even make provincials, bro. Like we lost in North shorts. And I remember sitting there, bro. Like like what on on like what is the meaning of life type shit. Like yeah, like yeah. what like what am I doing here if if this is what life is about what am I doing? And exactly like, it was like the first initial reaction. And it's also, there's so many great points in what you said, also the fact of like not running away from the pain, like really sitting in it. Because if you don't let it all the way out, it'll haunt you in a way. I don't, I don't, I can't think of a better analogy. It might be kind of rough right now, like, like rough edged um, the way I'm uh, explaining it, but just sitting in it, like not running away from it, finding a way to, so it's like those first couple of minutes, couple of days, maybe it was gut wrenching. And then that feeling came about of like, I don't want to feel this way again. Like, and then what I really like about what you said is like, what can I do about it? Cause it's not like that coach saying, if we got more calls, we would have be in provincials right now. Or if the other team, whatever was playing injured or missed shots, we'd be in provincial. What can I do about this? Um, and that's huge. Like what's in my control that I can take over and it's really interesting what you said in high school. Um, it's interesting because you gotta, like you said, kind of carry guys along with you. Um, I noticed on the pro level, um, and even now, I guess playing at like lower divisions, where I guess it's not like the main thing for most guys. Um, and it's kind of opposite what you're saying, but it's just a different situation where it's like I can only control my work ethic. You know, if if I spend too much energy on on trying to control the way other people handle themselves. And I I'd also see it in the highest levels where guys would be like super talented, but they wouldn't work maybe as hard as you would want them to mm-hmm. uh, for the team success. If my energy goes to that, then in some way I'm, I'm losing energy that could be put to, to me being the best version of myself. You know what I mean? So it's this really sensitive balance, like you were saying, trying to get the guys around you. Cause like, again, like Steve Nash, Blake Poets, like team, team oriented people like want to get the best out of the team. And it's like, how do I find that balance of what's in my control and how somehow along the way I can also influence the people around me to be on my level. Again, not good or bad, right or wrong, but just as a work ethic thing that I think when you really look, look at it, nobody can, can, um, disregard like work ethic is work ethic. You know what I mean? It's not good or bad. It's you can, you can single-handedly like a hundred percent, make the difference between the person that's putting in the work and the person that might be putting in the work, but, but kind of doing it half fast or whatever. Um, so that's really interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, I like what you said. I think it was on your podcast with Eberhardt. Um, also one of my favorite quotes, but the, the Kevin Durant quote, right? you know, um, where, you know, your talent's only gonna take you so far is essentially what he's saying. But right. it's uh what is it? You you can hard speak. Work, Yeah, hard
0: work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. So I had to live by that model, mm-hmm. like in all aspects of my life, because for me to reach my goal of playing university basketball, I have to believe in that because right. I'm not genetically gifted on the same level as most high level basketball players, right? Mm-hmm. So where can I gain an advantage, outwork them, right? Right. But like you said, you can only control what you can control. And I would hope at the pro level, you know, everyone has, uh, everyone has enough respect for the game or right. for themselves to you know, <laughs> understand that there's, yeah, that there's, there's work to be done always kind right. of thing. But like you said, if you're working a second job or, yes. you know, you have your nine to five and that's your extra thing on the side,
0: yeah. then,
1: then there's only so many hours in the day and then things yeah. change when you have families and whatnot. Yeah, um, no no. So, but but nonetheless, I get what you're saying is like yeah. um it's it's just it changes so much depending on what level you're at, right? Yeah, yeah. If you exactly. look at who's around you at U sport versus who's around you at college even oh, or sure. high school, super different, right? Super different.
0: different. Mm-hmm. And that's what's super cool too, it shows I guess, yeah, it comes back to that quote of like talent, Hard work beats talent, where, and also on the mental side, if we take it there, where talent is everywhere. Like in some level, it's the same kids, like talent levels were purely talent levels in high school, college, university, a lot of times talent level, like whatever they were born with is very similar. But those kids that are willing to put in the work, bam, now they're in college. Those kids that are on the mental side, now when they lose or when the coach gets hard on them and when shit happens in life and they don't let it affect them on the court, like all these different mental sides, boom, now they're in CIS or youth sports. It's weird for me. I've never, yeah, I've never been in youth sports. You. Um, not me <laughs> then, either, man. It's CIS for me as well. Right? Um, and then, bam, like, so it's it's – I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, this concept of – talent and born abilities is minute in a way. It's not that important. Um and guys like us can attest to that. Not that we're like in the hall of fame or anything, but man, when I came to Canada but I can walk and dribble at the same time, I'd fall over. <laughs> like like and I think I learned it way later on. Like I think I based my my career on talent a lot longer. Like you learned it really early on, and that's super cool because I think that's so useful in life. I think I learned it like second, third year of cap, where if I want to do something with like this, like I gotta I gotta do work. Like I can't just be based on natural talent and expect things to happen. And this whole concept of when you put in the work, somehow you get luckier. All of a sudden, you get these opportunities that you didn't get before. It's Funny how life works, where those that put in the work, those that put in the hours, those that are willing to do that extra, extra little bit, all of a sudden will have more doors open for them. I know everyone that's been willing to do the work has experienced that in some form, way, or uh, some some form or another. Um, that's really interesting, yeah, for sure, man, for sure.
1: Um
0: I guess, yeah, we, we we could talk for hours, man. Like, I didn't even look at the questions. Usually, like, I can't the whole thing. <laughs> look if you like to look, man. It's that's, no, but I, that's I, just I, us. Like, that's so cool because yeah. it touched on things. that, And that's why I love these things being so authentic, and especially with guys that are boys and that I've had, that I have a relationship with. Uh, you get to kind of get to know that person on a deeper level from a different point of view. Um, one interesting thing, I guess, would be um, – if you could give one piece of advice, I guess, to kids coming up um, that have this dream. We wanted to, like, touch on all this stuff about there's so much more to ball besides playing pro, and, like, we touched on a little bit with Maccabee games and Maccabee games and traveling teams, and you could work and coach and all that, but we'll have to leave that for another podcast, which I'm already looking forward to. But um, I guess if you can kind of give one piece of advice to kids that um, are looking to make a career out of it, um, what would it be like? Where where should they put their focus on?
1: Like they're looking to make, they're trying to become yeah. A they want to be the best professional. Be, yeah. yeah, like the they want to
0: Yeah, like as far as the playing um, side, because I think the coaching and child and all that is a little bit too broad.
1: Um, I guess the first thing I would say, like just given the landscape of um what I see happening in basketball in BC, mm-hmm. is uh is I would say like question everything like Mm -hmm. question why like when you go on instagram and you're seeing these drills question what why are they doing this drill what are they working on how is it going to help my game you know what i mean like um because i find there's so many trainers and coaches that see a drill it looks cool seems like it's working on something let's let's demo it let's show the kids how to do it right let's get let's mm-hmm. put them through it and then when they do it you're like well what is that going to do for that kid in the game right right um so i would say that's like a big thing and i i don't say question everything as in like be like a kid who talks back to your coach right you know but just in at least internally when you're seeing these drills ask yourself what is this working on and is it going to help my game and Mm -hmm. then of course you got to have the work ethic right like if you want to make higher levels the higher level you go to the game becomes more challenging right um you know you might be a scorer in high school you get to college everyone else was a scorer in high school too right there's only one ball to go around you got to learn to be a good screener good rebounder good defender right things that you know so um and then like i i saw you post something about this the other day but um the option of doubling down on your strength right. versus attacking your weakness right mm-hmm. and i always i i do believe in limiting your weaknesses right because mm-hmm. if you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like ah, i can't dribble left right. and i can't pass off the dribble when i'm going left it's only a matter of time before your opponents figure this stuff out right, right? but you know the value of doubling down on your strength is also there like if mm. you're a shooter and that's what you get paid to do then that's what you need to be really right. really 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 great at right because as you as you can attest to when you get to higher and higher levels of basketball um, yeah. you become more of a specialized player
0: right. in your
1: roles right there's only one you have to know one, what you're good at yeah there's only one like Steph Curry or LeBron or whatever but there's a handful of guys who shoot the ball and play defense, Right. just catching shoots and defense. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, the other thing I would say is like um, just make sure you make good connections, be a good person, like wherever mm-hmm. you represent yourself in the best light, wherever you are, because you never know when someone else is going to be able to help you. Right. So like, you know, if you play in a tournament and you win a player of the game in high school, don't be some cocky punk Right. When you go up to get your player of the game shirt, you know, you get your shirt, you look the guy who's giving it to you in your eyes. You know, you, you say, hey, thank you very much. Right. You know, you take your shirt. Maybe maybe that guy knows people that right. and he can put in a word for you at the next level. Right. right? Because they a lot of this, to, yeah. a lot of this is really connection based, I find, is like making your way to the next level. Um, right. Everyone in the basketball world, if you've been in it for long enough, you know each other. Um, so, you know, you never want to burn any bridges, right? Just be, right. be mindful of, um, of showcasing yourself, but showcasing yourself in a positive light. Um, and then, yeah, that, that, those would be my main things. I mean, I think, I hope, I hope, uh, I wasn't rambling too much, no, but, uh, yeah. So, th- I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. And then, I mean, the last thing I would say is for going to college or university, um, is what i did was i i went through a mclean's university magazine with my dad mm-hmm. and i looked at every university i would attend right. potentially and i looked at which ones i would not go to like based on mm-hmm. cities or whatever and then we sent out game tape to like everywhere across the country right and okay. it's like so me getting more looks than the guy next to me who's similar-ish in ability, you know is is not a fluke, right? It's right. it's we actually sought out these connections, right. and I I'm blessed and grateful to have my dad who kind of helped guide that. But I think a lot of a lot of kids don't know how to go about it, mm-hmm. and they just think, hey man, if I can ball, they'll find me. Right. If I can That's ball, got, they'll right? find me. And we're like, we're in a small little pond in BC. Like, right. You know, if if you're trying to go next level, you need to. You need to think a little bit bigger than that and you need to be right. a little more assertive than that and really try and connect with enough of these people.
0: Right. And right? just a life too, like, like no one's going to, you know, nothing's going to be
1: handed. You got to do the work. Yeah, for sure. No, 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 for sure. I mean, like also just doing it earlier than later, because let's say... You're going into your next year, right? So, like the next school, the, the next uh, school year for the university school, okay? And you hit them up after your high school season finishes, and you're it's like March, let's say, mm-hmm. okay? Those guys probably have right. eight to ten recruit returning players. They may have three or four roster spots, but they've been looking at guys throughout yeah. the year. And so, if you had reached out in maybe September, October, right? you have a much better chance and you at least made a connection right. and then, you know, you can revisit that connection. Right. So mm-hmm. I think like uh, so many kids misunderstand like how, like it's not easy to get to play college or university. Mm-hmm. Like if you take the percentages of how many kids play high school and then how many kids play college mm-hmm. or how many kids play university, it's like, so thin right but yet a lot of kids that i find like in high school they think it's a given if they're like getting player of the games or if they're getting Mm -hmm. like tournament all-stars and we made it (laughs) yeah it's it's you always got to stay hungry kind of right you know no Um, like
0: if i kind of summarize it it's like you were saying kind of question everything but more in a way of just be a critical thinker like like look at things above the surface how can this how can this influence me on the court and not just look good? Uh, work ethic, like what we said before, like hard work beats talent. Regardless of any way you look at it, you got to work. You can't just be talented and just be respectful along the way because those people, you're going to meet them again. Like as, as good or bad, it's politics, right? With anything in life, it's, it's who you know more than what you know. And, and um, the more you can use that to your advantage along the way, the more it's going to pay off down the road because that that one dude that gave you an award in grade eight maybe he's the athletic director or something for a school you you never know it could be someone who doesn't look
1: the part at all right he could be super connected
0: right and that thing you said about like just kind of specializing i guess yourself as a player because i remember in 3d i think it was richard cohee that's the guy's name the guy from saint Saints. yeah yeah I'll never forget his calves, bro. This guy had calves. They were literally square, like, like straight angles all around. Still burned into my memory. But um, I, uh, it was such a cool concept, 3D, especially coming from Israel, man, because meeting so many great coaches that have been through so much and, like we said before, your environment, being around some of the best players in that area um, was really cool. But he said um, – I'll never forget this. He said, shooters are a diamond dozen. Like, what are you going to do that's going to differentiate you on a court? Like Div 1, shooters are a dime a dozen. Like everyone can shoot. What are you going to be doing differently? Are you going to be communicating? Are you going to be, you know, energy? Are you going to be praising people like, like Steve Nash, we are talking about, right? Like high fives, bringing people's energy up, bringing the people around you up. Um, are you going to be work ethic? Are you going to, all these things, these intangibles that we keep coming back to this concept are 100% in our control. I think as people in general, not just in sports, a lot of times we give energy to, stuff we can't do anything about. Um, and it's a shame because what if we were to put that energy back, kind of invested back in ourselves? Maybe our results would be a little bit different. I think it's something that would pay off for everything to kind of look at throughout their lives. Like, where am I, you know, giving so much energy to something that's not really in my control. It doesn't matter how much I want to change it. I'm not going to make that guy work harder or make my spouse, whatever, you know, like, like do a certain thing, maybe that, whatever, or my coach or my my parents or, my dog even, bro, like straight up, like how can I invest that back in myself and what's in my control? And through that, I think it's a great point of what you said about like, how do I influence my teammates? I'm a, I'm a real big believer and I know you are as well about like my work ethic will speak volumes, like kind of leading by example. Mm-hmm. If I do the work and I'm kind of hard on it now, it's funny because over the years, like, like we haven't played together in a while, but over the years I hear it's interesting. I, I kind of went through a phase um when the beginning i would wake up super early like 6 a.m go run shoot do all these workouts and and in a way bro like guys would look at me like what the fuck are you doing like you're making us look bad so it was kind of like this this inner conflict like when you play lower divisions of the professionalism that i learned in college and like and not being an outlier here and like a scapegoat in a way so it's interesting so then I, I brought it down i would just go on talent and then the last couple years through this mental training too, I was kind of like, I'm going to do me and I'm going to affect, you know, people around me in a way where if they don't like it, it's not on me. Cause they're only going to benefit from it. Like I'm going to be, I'm, dude, I'm in, I'm in like, I'm not like um skill level, but I'm in like summer practices like Jordan, like better get your ass. Like I'm like that, bro. Like I'm literally like, it's kind of weird sometimes and I got to tone it down at times cause it's summer and people are coming to have fun. But I've, I've developed this really interesting um, outlook, I guess. And I think it's great because where I'm playing at now and it's second year running, which doesn't happen in a lot of Israel, where you kind of mm-hmm. um, build longevity in the same club. Um, where young guys coming in get to see that. And, and over time, they realize that just being around me and being in that atmosphere will make them better. Like if they're willing to do the work. Um, and it's really interesting, just like, I'm gonna go hard. I don't care if it's a summer practice or like a, a championship game. I'm trying to do the best as we can as a team. And it kind of wears off on guys, right? It'll, like guys will either live up to it or just come to practice and have, and I tell them, bro, I'm like, you guys aren't gonna enjoy this year. If you're gonna come in with like looking at it like that, because I'm gonna I'm be like this, like, so it's kind of intense too. It maybe it crosses a certain line at some point, especially when a lot of guys aren't getting paid. uh, It's interesting. It it touches on that point. It just brought that up for me. I (laughs) love it. it. No, no, no.
1: It's great, man. It's great. It's you're the Israeli uh, Jimmy Butler. (laughs) You're gonna, you're gonna make it up to this level, or I'm out.
0: (laughs) You'll put me with the with the second team. I've done (laughs) that a lot. That's funny. It's this whole concept too. Like we could, we could have a whole episode on this. But just like with Eves, like, like this dude's yelling at me, just cussing me out. I can look at it, and I, I looked at it for years. Like, what the fuck am I doing here, bro? Like, I wanted to quit basketball. I remember, I remember playing for him on provincial team. I, I think I told him this, or, um, I don't think I actually mentioned it in our episode. I told him about cap. I didn't mention this. I have to I have to tell him so he doesn't hear it through this episode. But um, <laughs> but in provincial team, I had a really hard time. I think I was going through some personal stuff too at, at the house, and uh, and Coach O was kind of like this balancing thing where he had me enjoy basketball as well because I, I wasn't mature enough, I guess, to, to realize what we're talking about, about he's doing it for my own good. At CAP, it was, like, hard, but then I I, I, think I talked to him about it or, or something in my mind clicked. We're like, look, he's not yelling at everybody. He's really, really yelling at the guys that he sees potential in. Like, he's doing it for a reason. It's not just because he fucking doesn't like you, Like, which is, yes, your mind exactly. goes there sometimes, right? You're a kid. Um, so it was really interesting. And, yeah, to bring it back around, it's like, these situations, like pressure creates diamonds, right? Like if people are really hard on you, if people are like, it's not because they don't like you. It's the opposite. It's because they care about you. It's because they see something in you that maybe you don't see in yourself at that point. Like I play with a lot of young guys, maybe they don't even know they have it in them, but it was really interesting to talk to Eve. Like coaches have seen so much ball, right? Coaches have seen so many players. They have a far greater thing Um, amount of experiences to compare your skill level to or compare your personality or character to than you do. Um, And they may see something in you that you may not even know exists, you know? So it's really cool if you're open to that.
1: Ebs Ebs used those exact words, though, like that you were speaking about, where like in our player-coach meeting, he would tell me, if I'm yelling at you, that's a good thing. He's like, that means I care about you, that means I know you can do better, or I want you to improve, or you know, you just made a bad play and, and you are capable of more. Right. Um, but he's like, if I'm not yelling at you, that's when you need to be worried. Because right. then I I don't care. Or like, or I don't think you can do better. Right. Or I don't think you want to do better or whatever it may be, right? So when he said that to me, I was like, cool. Like, it, it felt weird, but I felt like being right. like, standing up and being like, yell at me as much as you want. Yeah. <laughs> you that's know, that's like kind of cool. what I felt like, right? I no, felt like, sure. all right, cool, cool. Like, I feel that, yeah is a weird way to say like like, like you're good. I'm, I'm I'm good with you <laughs> yeah. being an ass to me for how right, yeah, right. That's
0: a crazy concept, man. I don't think people can understand. Um Cause I don't think there's any other environment like your boss at work isn't gonna sit on you at, at your desk and be like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> You're gonna, like work better. It's only like in the sport concept that it actually in a way works. Maybe in the army, you know, maybe in like some sort of like defense situation.
1: Maybe like a boot camp with like a yeah, trainer. <laughs> like training,
0: yeah. But even now, yeah, it's physical. You know, I when you say that it brings back, like I think yeah, I had a similar meeting with him like mid season where I was having a hard time and I wanted to sit down. Yeah, he said that and it kind of clicked. It kind of cleared it for me. Yeah,
1: that's why I'll always say like, never judge someone like that uh, from the outside looking in, because you're just not gonna understand it. Yeah, you have to have those moments off court. Yeah, right. Like he understands. Like he. I mean, he's such a vet in in coaching, right? And he. He'll explain it to the team, right? And he, and when it came to like fines and stuff like that, yeah. like you remember those? Like, um, if, if, if anyone's still listening, basically you can throw any of your teammates under the bus and vote yeah. if they have to pay money to to the yeah. communal pot, and you can right. bring up any embarrassing moment. It's like but, the team at the But that's team building, right? That's culture Wait. building, and you yeah. can find him and you can yeah. make fun of him just like he's a player yeah. like off the court That's true. he he becomes one of the boys yeah. but not to a point where you're like disrespecting his authority yeah. right? right so i don't know i really think he's a mastermind in that regard a little bit right. like um and uh yeah he it was it was really really cool to experience that i just stopped i stopped hearing the the cuss words man to be honest. I like it just didn't they didn't even like phase me after a week like i just, really? just yeah, i was like almost like i was seeing a full picture but i was just zooming into what i needed to see it made you more like, focused like yeah and and so i guess it th- it doesn't happen that way with everyone because one right. of our guys who quit just couldn't handle it to be right honest, to be honest. that's what i was gonna um, say i think
0: it, it touches kind of like whatever and we can there's a whole like psychological <laughs> thing like we can delve into for hours Is like like it touches like whatever from our childhood for whatever is like is that thing that's really motivated. like like if people really take the time to look within and you'll find those like meanings that we have mm-hmm. so so yeah it's, it's interesting for you for me i think my biggest thing is like respect like if i'm being disrespected so i think for me it always pushed that button and it was it was like i'd always have to even it out like he's not going out he's not going at you he's 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 trying to get you better and you kinda gotta keep reminding yourself that to not just fucking
1: blow up. <laughs> it's interesting too, because it's like at that point it's not like kid versus adult. It's like adult right. versus it's like adult right, adult, right, right. right? So that's why it, it becomes more interesting. But right. um yeah, I think ultimately when you chill out, like there's moments where it gets you to like the brink, yeah. but then you realize like, hey man, yeah. he's doing it to others too. Like it's like it's not like mm-hmm. it's not he's not picking favorites or yeah. not trying to get at me yeah. particularly it's not personal right yeah, like it's, it's not, not it's,
0: it's it's basketball oriented it's kill it's like performance oriented he's mm-hmm. he's getting the most out of you whether you like it or not he's doing it like you can't argue with the results and we had this great quote about we use it in israel a lot where it's like and then we use it in that episode is um like tough in training easy in battle where it's like i'm going to put you under such extreme duress in training when you get to the battle, when you get to the game, when you get to that presentation at work or whatever, and I really do believe that sport is just an analogy. We keep coming back to that. You could use this in every aspect of your life. Um, when you get to that game, it's not even going to bother you, but you're not even going to notice the noise. You're not even going to notice the the hardships because you've, you've put yourself through that already. There's a bunch of people like Joe Rogan and all these guys, and like David Goggins is a great example, where it's like they put their body through such – crazy duress and training like when they work out where now when hardships come through in life it just doesn't hit the same way because your brain's already accustomed to like doing hard stuff so some so like this thing comes up in life and it just doesn't bother you the same way it would have if you hadn't
1: put yourself in that duress it's the
0: same concept it's really interesting
1: it's interesting though because i guess they're putting themselves through through such physical duress but then somehow it's affecting i mean obviously when you're going through such physical duress it weighs right. on your mental too right it's intertwined but then when something happens in life it's more of a it could be more of a mental thing yeah but it's still they're able to handle it which is yeah, fascinating
0: like, right like i if i get you correctly it's like you wouldn't it's not a given that it translates like that a physical thing would translate to a mental situation mm-hmm. but yeah it just shows how it's always i'm learning this every day now working with for that like Caspi's coach and and all these great dudes out here, like really trying to learn from them, and I learn it every day. How it's like our mind is behind behind everything we do, whether we like it or not. It's the backbone to everything. And how many times have we heard this quote? Of I remember hearing it all the time about like being successful in basketball is like ten percent talent and ninety percent mental. Like if you're not on that mental side, you're never gonna make it to that next level. And it's everything in life, man. We could talk for hours, but we gotta schedule another episode. Right? <laughs> hey, we'll, but, um, we'll do. This too. But uh, the last two things I was, like, to end up on is is um, the first thing is how do you define success? How would you look at that? That's really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I, I heard you ask that <laughs> on a couple of episodes. And I was, like, trying to think. Like, honestly, I think I probably had to rewind it on a couple of episodes because I was, like, yeah. thinking in my own mind, like, how would I define this? <laughs> you know? And then I'm like, oh, I forgot his answer. <laughs> but I think, like, for me, success is, like, I would probably say – giving everything you have uh to your goals or like to what you're trying to attain um because either one of two things is going to happen right you're either gonna let's say you're let's use a basketball game as the analogy okay you're either going to win the game because you gave everything you had or you're going to win the tournament or win the whatever the trophy or you're going to lose but you gave everything so you can be content with that you know what i mean mm-hmm. at the end of the day like if you fall short okay obviously you're not going to be happy that you fall short but you're going to be you're going to be able to look in the mirror you're going to be able to say hey i did everything in my power and then also there might be some learning lessons from this right so again for me if you're learning right it's like it sounds cliche and it sounds kind of like um like softening the blow of losses um but you either win or you learn right right and some people say you never really lose you just run out of time Mm. you know what i mean like because you're always playing like the long game so to speak so i don't know i i look at it that way like um i promise you i didn't google anything so i don't know (laughs) like it's probably not the most accurate way to look at success but but i I just i think like yeah is is uh if you got to give your all to something, right. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a there's a Steve Nash court in East van and uh, the quote on the center court says um, you'll never feel more alive than when you give something your all. Right. And I think he quoted that when he was inducted to the hall of fame, if I'm not mistaken, but I, uh, I think like, yeah, it's just, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be so singularly focused, but when you have a goal, put your all into it right Right. and then and then you live with the results Mm -hmm. yeah and i know most people would say well if you lose that's not success right but you you learn from losing right you learn Mm -hmm. from failure right like as we touched on earlier like i remember more of my losses than my wins right right Uh, i hope that people don't view me in like some like really like Bad lighting where they think like I'm just like a depressed individual because I remember know. my losses and not my wins, yeah. right? It's just, you know, they, they stick right, with for you sure. for whatever reason. So, yeah, I hope yeah, that really, kind of makes sense.
0: sense. No, for sure. It's really interesting, like what you said. And, and I've had it come up on a bunch of episodes, and it's so true. And we forget about it sometimes. It's like when you're losing, it's the same. Like that's learning and that's learning. It's the meaning that we attach to it that we've learned through the years are like losing is a bad thing and winning is a great thing. But if we're able to change the meaning, we're able to gain something from both because that's a form of learning and that's a form of learning. And if our purpose is to grow as individuals, rather than accumulate among, you know, a certain amount of wins or trophies or championships, then then they're both the exact same thing. You know, I mean, it's really interesting to kind of break down. And that, I think that's what you're, you're, you're saying. And so true. And we forget about that sometimes. We kind of, sometimes we put, we're so in tune to, to give so much meaning to results, right? That almost like our self-worth, I've been touching a lot about, uh, I've been touching on a lot lately and I'm looking forward to do it more because it's something that's really close to my heart is how our self-worth is kind of like throughout life through exams at school or you know, being picked on teams and recess or, or school teams and, and winning championships or winning games. And when we get an A or when we win a game, then we're hugged and appreciated. And if we lose, it's kind of like, should have done that better, should have done that better. But but why is that, right? Like like our environment kind of conditions us to think like that. But it's not necessarily, you know, the only way we could look at things. It's really interesting to think about. It. So I love that. Yeah, that's a great answer.
1: Well, we live in like such a... Um comparative society right? right like we all follow a bunch of people on social media yeah you know i think the majority of people when they see other people doing cool stuff there's like a bit of jealousy potentially mm-hmm. there you know which is like that person's living life having a great time yeah. you know and this is just a snippet of their life this is, mm-hmm. this is the good stuff they're doing <laughs> You know, right, yeah. it it doesn't show any of the, the day in, tape. day out. Yeah, it's exactly like it's a highlight tape, it. right? Yeah. So, um, and like I would say, if you get to a gym and you're playing open gym, and you look, first thing you do is you're kind of looking around, you're yeah. scouting the scene. You're, 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 you're maybe not comparing yourself. Maybe you're not comparing yourself, but you're you're looking at what people can and can't do, right? Right. And so, not scouting. that it's like a negative thing, it's kind of an essential thing in basketball, it's but amazing, yeah. um it's uh yeah it's 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 interesting i like the way you say like it's learning and it's learning because mm-hmm. um yeah as you get older you realize this more and more right but as you're right. younger i think you put a lot of emphasis uh into just trying to win if you're a competitive person and mm-hmm. um and thinking that having more points on the board means you're the winner right or you're a winner you know
0: it's all about how we define it yeah no that's super interesting yeah Sure. And, the
1: last, and the last
0: one is um, and I'll let you get off the bed, is uh is, um, uh if you could kind of catch Blake. I really want to get into it. we'll have to do this in the next we'll episode, do. like the whole beginning of your coaching career, like what why you're into it, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. other things that maybe you were interested in, but we'll say yeah, that man. I'm already excited for it. Um it's kind of like if you could catch Blake, uh, I guess at his earlier days, like when he was first getting started, either coaching or playing. Um and you can kind of pull him aside and whisper something in his ear that would save him a lot of headaches uh, and conflicts or whatever along the way. Like, what would you tell him?
1: All right. Playing or coaching. Um, I guess just in life, maybe like, no, for sure. But um, I guess like for playing, I think uh, again, this is just, just something that maybe could help some kids who would try to get to the next level or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they're, similar in ability or like kind of play my style of basketball. Right. Um, I would say um, just focus more on uh, off court stuff, mm. like in terms of, um, in terms of like weight room, um, agility work, um, maintenance, like body maintenance. Like I'm, I'm not very flexible. I think like that would be great for injury prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that, as you get to higher and higher levels you know maybe i'm not going to be the strongest guy in the gym but i need to be able to hold my own a little bit um right and you know because i i was one of those guys that loved getting reps and loved working on my skills like individually me and the hoop right and i could just go for hours but like spend some of that time in the weight room spend some of that time working on other areas other facets um and yeah, just finding like a good trainer or someone to be in my corner to kind of guide me, right? Because I had that for basketball for the drills, but I didn't have it really in the weight room when I was in high school mm-hmm. or even in college. If you remember the cap weight room it was terrible. It was right. like a barn. But right. you know, like uh With the Yeah, had no. <laughs> not very, not very inviting to to work out in. But yeah, I would say that for sure for like as a player. I would like to hear that. Um, Actually, I'll add one more thing. Sorry, I don't want to keep you too long. But um, when I was going from college to university or even when I was going to college, um, really assess the roster
0: of Mm -hmm. the team
1: you're committing to. Like like when I was going from high school to cap, I didn't look at who's playing for cap and who's coming back next year and any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So so it was kind of dumb luck that I ended up filling a role and getting a ton of minutes right? right as well as i mean i did work hard okay i'm not going to say like i just like yeah. stepped into it but i mean had there been like an all canadian in front of me you know there's a lot of minutes that i can't get now right, right. because that guy's going to play so when i committed from cap to st effects uh the best two players on our team were our point guard and our shooting guard well i'm one of those positions right So where where are my minutes going to come, right? Like you didn't do that work before you're saying? So I didn't look into that. Then I get there, then I realize, oh shoot, these guys are like the best players on our team. They're like the focal point, right? And then it's like, okay, I can try to play alongside them, but maybe we go really small and I'm playing at the three or one of them slides up and I'm in. But like, there's not a ton of minutes to go yeah, you know what I mean? so that that ended up being one of my biggest issues, I think. And that's something whenever I talk to kids about playing next level, if they have the luxury to have multiple options, I right. tell them to explore those options and see that and try and, you know, you don't have to go play for UBC just because it's a big name. right. It's actually better to go play for UNBC and get minutes. right, right? Like court I time. think there's no replacement for court. Time. there's there's no replacement, right. And then for as a coach, honestly, um, I would say, uh, I would just say like when I was a young coach, um, I came in the gym and I thought like, you know, kind of being cool or um, I thought it was still, I still felt, I'm talking like when I was grade nine, 10, like I thought like it was still kind of about me, you know, if I do some dunks Mm -hmm. on the low hoops or whatever, Mm -hmm. or I block some kids shots or whatever, you know, Um, I kind of, and then I also, I think I thought most kids, wanted to be like me, like they all had aspirations to be like a high level performer or a high level basketball player. And working at the grassroots level, it's so far from that, right? Like these guys are just trying out the game. There's a couple kids and you'll see them when you you see them and you'll recognize that they care about basketball and they like Mm -hmm. it. But there's way more kids that just want to play and have a little bit of fun. They'll listen to you if you approach them in the right way. Um, But I think it's our job as coaches to uh, to change what we're saying and how we're saying it to fit them mm-hmm. because they're too they're too young right and i would even say that for high school kids probably right they're too high school kids might be too stubborn or um too set in their ways but as an adult you should know better that how can i get through to this kid cuz you can get mm-hmm. through to almost any kid it's just how hard are you going to try mm-hmm. you're either going to not try very hard and give up and you're going to be like this kid won't make it Or I don't like this kid or whatever. He's giving me attitude. Or you're going to really take it as a challenge almost. And like, I'm going to solve this problem. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to make this kid have a good time, even though he doesn't want to play right now. You know? So I think when I was young, I was just, I had a ball in my hands. I was dribbling. I was doing whatever. But I wasn't being the most, like, helpful coach, I guess. Um, Mm. And over time, you learn that, you know, it's, you're such, like, everything you do matters to these kids when you're a coach, you know, you give them a high five. It means the world. You tell them, Hey, good job. It means the world. You even give them corrections. That means a lot to them because it shows them that you care to take the time to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas, yeah, I don't, I I just think like, sometimes there's, there's coaches out there that are just kind of taking up space in the gym. I call it where they're just Mm -hmm. hanging out and they're not really doing much, you know? And then you're like,
0: it's kind of like you got this great power in your hand. It sounds like with great power comes great responsibility. Like how, what sort of, I guess, um, picture are you going to paint these kids? Like what sort of role model? Because you, you are. Just being in that gym with a ball in your hand, you are. And, um, For, sure. For sure. It's a really interesting outlook. Yeah, um, I think we all experience it in some way, form, or another. Um, that's like what's motivating him because his motivation or her motivations might not be the same as mine. For but sure. I can, if I try hard enough, I can relate to whatever is dri- the driving force there and be there for them in a way that will help them get better. They may not play pro, which is no. what I wanted to do, but they'll they'll enjoy it and they'll want to do it more. And and who, like us, knows the great gifts and the great value that it has playing sports, right? So they'll do that. They may not, you know, play at a higher level like we aspire to do. But they're going to gain all those lessons along the way. And, and that's going to be because, obviously not solely because of us, but we can have some sort of influence on that if we choose to, like you said, do the work and, and not give up on it and find a way to. And it's true in all life, man. It's really interesting to find, like, that other person's motivations, not coming about it with just the way that I look at things. And, sure. and what you said about playing, too, like, if I summarize that, is, 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 I guess it's to, like, um, to work off the court as well. Like, would it be weight room, physical, you know, agility, that, and also do the work as far as looking forward to where I want to be, if it's a certain college or a certain team, and how's my fit on that team? Like, no, not just, again, not just be talented and expect everything to fall into place because life doesn't work that way. And, and it's a good thing because it would be boring if everything was just, you know, for sure. fall down from the sky. You got you to gotta create your own legs sometimes.
1: There's a, uh, there's a lot of, there's kids out here, man, that I talk to that want to play college university. Mm-hmm. And I ask them, you know, have you ever been to a Langara game? Have you ever been to a cap game? Have right. you ever been to a UBC game? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. where You're trying to play college university, right? So you, you should check these guys out, man. You yeah. got to see what you're yeah, trying to compete right. against, right? You got to see the level to mm-hmm. try and be that, to meet that level. Right. And then obviously you'll get a lot of kids saying, and I, I'm sure we would have been the same way, but, Oh I'm going to go D1 you know and then when they see it on TV it's very different than when you see it live in the flesh right right you see it on TV and it it looks a little more attainable it's hard to tell that that guy's like 6'10 6'11 you know like right, right. but um yeah it's it's there's a lot of like there's a lot of talent in our backyard and I think a lot of these kids uh, fail to see that you know that's that's really not falling short of of a goal if you if your goal is to play college or university and you end up at cap or at douglas or a langara yeah. you know um you actually made it
0: right yeah <laughs> you no know doubt. what i mean
1: you know what i mean yeah. um but so, but that
0: meaning we attach to it like we said about when you're losing it's how do you look at it and, it, and that's in your control that's what's cool about it it's not an external thing that's going to dictate how you look at it but it's up to you to do the work and be willing to change that perspective for sure for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. No, that's cool, beeps, man. We could we could go on for hours, man, and we're definitely gonna stay in touch. One, and, and I, I hope I get out there sometime soon, and we can get together in person, or you come visit out here. Um,
1: yes, man. I'll tell cool. you, yeah. I
0: just on a quick note, like one of the highlights of my last couple of years out here was when your parents came out and came to show them a little bit around and hanging out with them and like Jaffa and and walking around with with uh, with both your parents was really fun. So yeah, that's I love it. I love it, man. That's awesome. And, um, and, man, yeah, I just want to acknowledge you for for the impact you make on these kids and, and with coaching. And it's not a given, you know, in a way you said it as well, where it's like you had this environment, you know, from a young age, but still it's not a given to be doing this work and, and be good at it. And uh, and it's really cool. And every kid and every parent, I think, that crosses the path of RBL or Blake or Richard or anyone in that family um, gets a lot of value from that. And, uh, and, yeah, that's cool, man. You don't get to see that every
1: day so I appreciate it man i appreciate it i appreciate the kind words i'll I'll pass them on to my dad i i will say, i will always say anytime um anyone you know gives me any type of uh props for lack of a better word for doing what i do um that i'm just like so fortunate to have uh have had my dad and his business partner run rbl and we and right. have the total rbl experience before you know moving into an ownership role um so yeah it's, it's it's still not a given right there's still so many options for kids to decide to play club wherever they want to play right. um i do believe um that we do a great job especially with the grassroots level and i think this year's our 25th anniversary actually oh, so great. the summer camps actually start tomorrow mor- or tomorrow morning over here uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah we got uh so you know it's 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 something that we've gotten better at over time but uh mm-hmm. and and I, my dad still works man like so i always got to give props yeah. to him at the end of the right. day and um i won't say his age because get mad at me but uh he's he's not young anymore let's say and he still does so much so um mm, that's cool. most of the credit man i i hand that direction <laughs> yeah
0: that's sweet man no you got some great parents. yeah i knew I, I had to keep you late before the first day of camps so i had to, to so get good, you man. get you back to the old days of me keeping you up late just in a different format
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is much more positive i think <laughs> no, that's um, awesome yeah.
0: man good to see you and uh yeah we'll have to stay in touch i'm looking forward to the next one already
1: yeah man just let me know let me know man all the all the best um Cheers. yeah nothing nothing but the best my man <laughs> no
0: it's been a pleasure stay in touch Thanks, later man yeah, yeah. peace later, bro. that's all for this episode of the school of performance thank you for joining us all the way to the end We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you took something away from this episode to your own lives, I urge you to share this episode with your followers or with anyone that this conversation can add value to. Thank you for joining us. Have an amazing day. And we'll see you on the next episode of The School of Performance.